Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Well, how you going everybody? My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid Church. And can I just start by welcoming everybody who's joining us on the big screen in Nutley and New Brunswick. Can we, we hear for those guys? Great to have you here. Great to have you here. And I also want to particularly pay attention and call out all the hundreds of people who are watching church via church online right now from around the US and around the world. Can we hear it for our online community as well? Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Now, the reason I especially want to call out you guys who are watching at church online is because over the past couple of weeks throughout our We Love series, Pastor Tim has been talking about all those people that we're serving outside of these church walls during our We Love Outreach series. And that includes you guys who are joining us from around the US and around the world. So we're so glad that you guys could be here with us. Now, some of you who are in the room, you might not actually be aware of this, But there are people that we serve each and every week who are not here, but they still attend church with us every Sunday. They worship with us, they experience the same things that we experience, the same messages, and they do that every week despite being in different time zones, different countries, and even a different hemisphere. And even though they're so far away, they need the same God. They need Jesus Christ to change their lives, amen? So they're here with us each and every week. And we serve these folks at Liquid because we love TGIF. And no, I'm not talking about the restaurant, although clearly I like a little bit of Cajun chicken pasta, not going to lie. But what I'm talking about is this brave new world that we live in that is dominated by things like Twitter, Google, iPhone, and Facebook. You know, as a church, we love this sort of technology and media. I mean, just today even, even right now, right here, I am preaching from my iPad. This is the same iPad that I use when I officiate weddings. Think of that. There are people out there who actually want this accent and this hair to officiate their weddings. (laughs) That is amazing, right? You know, at the end of last year, I did a, a wedding for a South American couple. And they had this family tradition where the pastor's Bible would be brought down the aisle to kick off the whole ceremony. And let me tell you, it was a huge honor for a family member to be given the job of starting the ceremony by walking the pastor's Bible down the aisle. So there was this kind of awkwardly cool moment when my iPad made this grand entrance (laughs) into the ceremony. But here's the thing, we're not just into this sort of technology because it's cool, We're into this sort of technology because we have a passion to take church to people using whatever means possible. We want to do, in fact, anything short of sin to fulfill our God-given vision to take church to people around the world. And today, I want to show you exactly why we're embracing TGIF, Twitter, Google, iPhone, and Facebook to spread our message. So why don't you join with me, take out your Bibles, and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And hey, here's the deal. If you've brought your smartphone with you and you've got a Bible app on that, I want to encourage you right now. I see a couple of people taking it out. Take it out right now. This is one of those times in church when it's okay to be on your phone. Take it out, call up your Bible app, and scroll along with me, okay? Now, while you get that ready, I just want to help 
uh, put into context some of the chapter that we're about to read. 1 Corinthians is one of two letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church that he planted in, anybody? Corinth. Corinth, correct, well done. Now, Corinth was this major seaport in a very cosmopolitan city located in modern-day Greece. And Paul wrote to these guys when he was in Ephesus, which is in the west coast of what we now know as Turkey, some 200 miles away. So how did Paul reach people who were so far away from him? Well, he used the technology of his day. What was the technology of Paul's day? The cutting-edge technology that he used? Letter writing. Now, for those of you who are under 30, letter writing is when you take a pen and you take some paper and you actually move your wrist to write down the words, not just using your thumbs. <laughs> That's what letter writing is. And Paul wrote to Corinth because he couldn't actually be there in person. So what we're about to read today, what you have in your hands, whether it's an iPhone app or whether it's a printed Bible, what you have is a modern-day translation of that letter. So we're going to pick it up from chapter 9, verse 19. Read along with me. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jew, I became like a Jew to win the Jew. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. In other words, what he's saying is when he encountered a religious person, he entered their world. If they were Jewish, he went Old Testament. If they were Gentile, he's talked Greek philosophy. You tracking with me? Okay, let's pick it up, verse 21. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. Now, here's the important phrase. I want you to read this with me in a big, loud voice, everybody. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the what? for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So what is Paul saying in this verse? What he's saying is, wherever I go, my vision is simply to bring the gospel to a new place, to new people by all means possible. Go into a pagan city like Corinth and spread the gospel by all means travel the trade routes of Asia and Europe by all means. Go into Rome, into the emperor's backyard by all means. Write letters to churches far away. In essence, broadcast the gospel to other countries by all possible means for the sake of the gospel. Because Paul, like our church, was prepared to do anything short of sin in order to take the gospel to new people. And see, Paul is giving us this awesome principle about open-handed leadership. We are to have a closed hand about the message. The gospel never changes, amen? But we are to have an open hand about the method, which is always changing and innovative. The message, what Paul calls the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, never changes. And the gospel is this, that Jesus Christ is God, that He became man, that He died on a cross in our place for our sins, 
And according to the scriptures, he was raised again on the third day. And that is how we have new life in Christ. Amen? Can we get a, come on, let's get active here. Come on. I just shared the gospel with you. Now on the cross, Jesus took our sins upon himself. And we were given his righteousness. We received his new life in exchange for our old one. And that's how we are made right with God. Can I get an amen for that? Somebody shout hallelujah, please. (laughs) You know what? There is nothing that we can do to get God to accept us except repent of our sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the good news, guys. It never changes. And it's news that everybody needs to hear, yeah? Everybody needs to hear this. And that's been the essential Christian message from the first century, and it's what we believe here at Liquid today in the 21st century. The message is timeless. That's a closed hand. But the methods of communicating that message are open hand. They're constantly changing. The ways that we do church are open to new technology and new innovation. Closed hand, message. Open hand, method. We tracking? We on board with this? Now, as the church online pastor, I've got to tell you, this stuff obviously really excites me. I love technology. I mean, in fact, I am here today standing on this stage because of technology. No, it's not because I'm a hologram. I'm real. But I'm here because I first got connected to this church by listening on podcast. I got called to this church. I left my old job as a TV sports reporter and came into full-time ministry because I connected to Liquid Church via its podcast. Four years ago, this very week, I moved with my family halfway around the world because I believed in Liquid's message. I believed in its method as well. I used to listen to Tim every day. I would drive to work and Pastor Tim would preach to me on my iPod. I'm here today because Liquid had this closed hand about the message, but an open hand about the method. So I get all of this stuff, okay? I, I, I live this. This is who I am. But I know that for, even though we're this really tech-savvy church, I know that there are people here today who are probably squirming at the thought of a church using things like Twitter and Google and Facebook and church online in order to reach other people. I get that. In fact, I get asked these sorts of things all the time. I always get people sending me emails and they ask me things like this. Is church online real church? Can you really build relationships online? And this one, my favorite, should we be mixing with all the garbage that is on the internet? And I understand where these sort of questions come from. I mean, you only have to look at the statistics today to realize how bad things are online. Did you know that at this minute, 28,000 people are looking at pornography online every second. In fact, last year alone, the internet pornography industry generated more revenue than Apple, Google, Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Microsoft, and Netflix combined. Combined. So I know how bad things are. Now, for some of you, I know that this just serves to underline your concern that as a church, we're using online methods, we're using technology to reach other people. I mean, considering the fact that there is so much crap online, should we really be doing that? 
But see, Matthew chapter 5 tells us that we as Christians are supposed to be salt and light in the world, that we're supposed to stand out from everybody else in the world, and that includes the online arena. Now, for years, I've heard these messages preached about Christians being salt in the world, right? I've heard them say that, well, salt adds flavor to things and it's a preservative. So as Christians, you know, we're supposed to add flavor to our world. And I got it. I mean, I've tasted salt. I know that it adds flavor. So I just kind of left it there. But honestly, guys, one of the things that I've been learning recently is that there was this other, less commonly known use for salt in Jesus' day. And as I've learned this, it's only served to fuel my passion for taking people taking church to people who are online. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus says this, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Now think about that for just one second. If salt is not fit, if salt loses its saltiness, it is not fit for the manure pile which kind of implies, doesn't it, that at some point, good salt is fit for your manure pile? And why would we be putting salt on our manure? I never really got that. But then I understood this, came to understand this. Back in the first century, the people of Israel would cook in these dome-shaped ovens made out of hardened clay. Now, they lived in the desert, right? And in the desert, there's not much wood. So what the women would do was they would go out and they would get dried manure. Now, this is actual dry manure that I got from Amazon. So, this is literally some of the crap that's online, <laughs> right? So, the, the women would go out and they would collect the dried manure, and this is what they would use for their fuel to cook. What they figured out was that if they took salt, being Jewish, it was kosher salt, if they took salt and they mixed it with the manure, what happened was there was this chemical reaction that allowed the manure to burn hotter and brighter for longer. It would burn hotter and brighter for longer. But after a while, this process would naturally cause the salt to lose its saltiness. It wouldn't be salty anymore. So that chemical reaction that was happening would no longer happen. So what Jesus was saying was he was using this example, this illustration from the modern culture of the day, he was using that to teach us a deeper biblical truth, that as Christians, we are actually supposed to mix with the manure of the world, but maintain our identity in Christ so as to allow God's Word to burn brighter and hotter for longer. You catching this? We're supposed to actually mix with the manure of the world so that there's this chemical reaction. We're supposed to be mixing with it. We're supposed to be up to our elbows in manure, not hiding away from it, not running away. And this is exactly why, as a church, we pour so much time and energy into reaching people where they are, including online. That's why we use TGIF technology, not because it's cool, but because we want to reach people wherever they are so that we can preach the gospel to them in case they might otherwise never hear it preached. 
But if you're asking these sorts of questions, you need to know that you're in very good company. Because the history of the Christian church is really the history of a people struggling and wrestling to try to embrace new technology and innovation. I mean, after Paul, the Christian church remained relatively unchanged until about the 13th century. And that's when the apple cart was first upset. Because you know what cutting-edge technology was introduced into the church? Pews. Pews, seriously. Very controversial, right? And I'm not kidding, though. For the first 1,200 years of Christianity, people stood for the public for public worship. In fact, I want us right now to go back to the 12th century. So can I get everybody, put your Bibles down. Let's everybody just stand up. Let's experience what it was like to be in the 13th century. Now, here's the cool thing, guys. In those days, everybody would stand for two to three hours as Scripture was read, as people worshipped, as the Bible was preached. Why did they do church like that? because there was just no mass-produced chairs back in those days. But then in the 13th century, pews were introduced and <gasps> gasp! There was this big controversy, this big scandal. I mean, sitting down, who could possibly imagine that? And people would protest saying, pews aren't mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> but then the church leaders said, you know what? We have a vision to take church to people and spread the gospel by all possible means, just as Paul said, by all possible means means. So they introduced chairs and people were allowed to sit down. You guys can now sit down. We're out of the, let's get out of the 12th century. Let's get back into the 21st. I bet you guys are very happy about pews now, right? (laughs) But let me tell you guys, that pew controversy back in those days paled in comparison to what was introduced in the 14th century. The organ. The organ. And I'm serious, this was a huge scandal. This was scandalous. Talk about some sort of bloody fight in the church, right? I mean, because up until those times, the organ was an instrument that was used down at the local pub. It was an instrument that was used when people were singing down at the pub while they hoisted a pint. But then, a guy named Martin Luther said, by all means, let's bring that technology into the church. And there was this bloodbath. So he started putting theology to music and people got so upset with him. You can't bring that pagan instrument into here and start putting songs together that just have Jesus on the end of it and call that church. It's too worldly. It's it's scandal. But guess what? Soon the organ became the new normal and people actually started to sing okay. And people learned theology because they could actually sing it. But then... Perhaps the biggest game changer technology happened in the 16th century. You see that Bible that you have in your hand or on the chair next to you? You can thank Johann Gutenberg for that when he invented the printing press. And talk about a technology, talk about an innovation that changed everything. See, up until that point, only priests and bishops had printed copies of the Bible. There was no such thing as your own personal Bible that you would take home and read. No such thing as study notes and resources that you could read for yourself. But Gutenberg had this awesome vision to take the Bible to people, to put one in the hands of every person so that they could read it for themselves. And that gave birth to the Reformation. 
because people in the church discovered that for years the church had been tacking on these man-made traditions that weren't actually in the scripture and all of a sudden they got the opportunity to read Paul's letters for themselves. What was the result? People protested. They protested against all these man-added traditions and Protestantism, Protestantism was was born. Christians protested, down with man-made added religious baggage. It's all about grace. All you need to do is put your trust in Jesus as they read those words for themselves. That changed everything. So Christianity was literally reformed. And what was the controversial technology that brought this about? The printing press, the Bible in the hands of everybody so that they could read it for themselves. Then in the 19th century, the light bulb went on, literally. Talk about a game changer, electricity and light. You mean we can meet at nighttime now? God's people don't have to just meet during the day like those weird looking people on twilight? Correct. In fact, that's when, in fact, that's when the construction of big concert halls and public gathering spaces really started to take off because light and electricity meant that people could start to gather at times that were comfortable for them. And in the 16th century, loudspeakers and microphones were invented. And that breakthrough in audio technology impacted the way the gospel was communicated. I mean, check this out. George Whitfield, the great Protestant preacher, preached 18,000 messages during his ministry life to 10 million people. The largest gathering that he ever preached to was 30,000 people in this open-aired gospel presentation. And his biography records that after that sermon, he actually went backstage and coughed up blood because it so ravaged his vocal cords because he didn't have a microphone. I mean, talk about by all means possible, right? But then in the 20th century came speakers and mics and radio. In stadiums and across airwaves, Billy Graham preached to more than 210 million people during his ministry. The difference? Technology. Radio was introduced in the 20th century. Now a voice could be amplified and carried across airwaves to people who weren't even in the same room. Now praise God that Billy Graham said, by all means, we're going to do all things possible so that we can preach the gospel by all means to everybody so that we might save some. See, this is the idea. Message, closed-fisted. Method, open-handed. Are you seeing the pattern here? Technology changes everything, but when it's first introduced to the church, it creates all this controversy. Then in the 20th century, the first motion picture projector and screen was invented by anybody? Thomas Edison, New Jersey's own Thomas Edison. Now, you might not know this. Edison was actually a Christian, and when he invented the first movie projector, you know what he did? He gave the patent to his church, and they rejected it. Oh, are you kidding me? Could you imagine what could have happened? They rejected it. They were like, oh, I don't know, these moving images, isn't isn't that idolatry? We don't want anything to do with that, Mr. Edison. But later, in the 20th century, the first movie theater opened. And here's an interesting thing. Seven 
out of the first 10 movies ever made had the word passion in the title because they were all about Jesus by all means possible. And this is where things really start to pick up steam because for the, uh, by the mid-20th century, TV came into existence. And here's an interesting fact. Today, there are more screens in churches than there are movie theaters across America. Think about that. Churches have more screens in them collectively than there are movie theaters across this whole nation. Let's just test that out for a second. How many screens can you count in here? There's one, two, three up the back, four down here, five, six. There's two more out there. And if you're watching in Nutley or New Brunswick, what are you watching on right now? A giant screen. We see you. Pastor Mike, you're the only person who could get away with those pants. <laughs> Pastor Chris, we love those fake glasses, man, looking good. <laughs> the question really is for us as a church is how are we going to figure out creative ways to use this technology by what Paul said, all possible means so that we can communicate the gospel. Do you guys see the potential that's here? The potential we have in leveraging technology to make a difference in the lives of people right around the whole world by presenting the gospel. And then, about 20 years ago, something happened that changed the world forever. TGIF, Twitter, Google, iPhones, Facebook, social media, the internet, is potentially the biggest game-changing technology ever for the Christian church. Today, I'm going to preach this message to roughly 2,000 people inside these walls. Hundreds more of you are watching right now online. Then on Tuesday, we're going to upload this message to iTunes, to Facebook, to all of our other internet portals. And by the end of next week, statistically, this message will be downloaded more than 5,000 times. And then, after that, it's going to be archived for all of eternity. Do you guys get this? You are just a small fraction of the larger community that is out there who are connecting to Liquid each and every week using the internet. And this is why, this is the reason why our church embraces TGIF, because of this sort of technology and social media. Not because it's cool, but because we want to reach out and serve people who are not here inside the walls of our church. People who can't make it because they're in hospital. People who can't make it because they live so far away that they can't drive to a campus. People in other countries who need to hear the gospel get preached. People like my friend, Tom Sawyer, uh, Joe Sawyer. <laughs> Joe has been coming to Liquid for a few years now. Joe's been coming to Liquid for a few years now. And he says that the first time he came to Liquid, he, is, he was instantly hooked by our awesome worship team and by Pastor Tim's messages. But he admits the thing that really grabbed his heart was being part of a community of believers who had a genuineness about their faith. And as a result of being in part of that community, this year, Joe accepted Christ and was baptized. Now, the interesting thing is, None of you guys would ever have seen Joe's face until today, despite the fact that he worships with us, despite the fact that he listens to the same messages, despite the fact that he listens to the same lame jokes that the pastors tell on stage. Why don't I let Joe tell you guys the rest of his story?
Hi, my name is Sergeant Joseph Sawyer. I'm from the Iowa National Guard. I serve with Charlie Company, 1st of the 133rd Infantry, out of Iowa Falls, Iowa. I've been deployed three times, twice to Afghanistan and once to Kosovo, spanning from 2004 to 2011. Our missions uh, had a very uh, a variety of objectives. Uh, a lot of times we would go out and it would just be uh, presence patrol, just letting the villagers know that we're in the area and that we're there to help them. A lot of times our mission would be to drive around and and do route clearance and try to find the, the roadside bombs and uh, then call in the explosive ordnance teams. So Joe, tell us how you became a Christian. Since returning home, I really got into the into Christianity. Uh, I was saved on February 15th of this year and then baptized in, on April 1st of this year. And really that all was started with Liquid Church. Joe, can you tell us exactly how you got connected to Liquid Church? My cousin Chris Spies is a member of the Liquid Church. Uh, he and his wife Dina have always been a strong role model for me. They've got me into the Liquid Church. When I visited them in July of 2010, uh, we, we went to a church service and um, then on my way overseas they introduced me to Liquid Online. Uh, using Liquid Online has impacted my faith just because it's always there. Uh, you know, church meets Sunday and Wednesday for me here in Iowa, and, but I can get on Liquid Online at any time. And I can uh, look up past messages. I can uh, review what maybe I didn't understand. I can, uh, it, it's just always a great tool to have during the middle of the week when I wish I could sit and listen to some messages. I just love how the messages are so animated, uh, so uh, interpersonal. You know, they, they really relate to you and make, make church exciting and fun. And Joe, what would you say to the people of Liquid Church? Uh, my message to the Liquid Church would just be thank you. Uh, you guys don't understand, but the power of you guys' prayer overseas uh, just had a huge impact on me. Surrounding myself with you guys and, and other Christians has been the most solid foundation I could build. Thank you guys for helping me you know, make that leap into Christianity. Hey, can we hear it for Joe and for all the soldiers who are serving to protect our freedom overseas? Great stuff. Great stuff. What an awesome story, right? And I don't want you guys to miss this. Joe has been to a physical liquid campus once, but he's followed liquid through church online and has become part of this community, even from the other side of the world. How did Paul put it in Scripture? by all possible means for the sake of the gospel. Amen? As I was talking to Joe, one of the things that he told me was that whenever a soldier is about to go out on a mission when they're in the Middle East, they, get, they line up, they get briefed, and then they get given a couple of these MREs, which literally stands for meal ready to eat. This is what they're given. And this, inside this little pack contains everything that a soldier will need to be physically fed for a day. And I'm not talking about like pre-packed, freeze-dried food here, but what I'm talking about is meals that have been specifically and especially prepared 
to provide just the right amount of sustenance and nutrition for a soldier. And they've been prepared by world-famous chefs like Emeril Lagasse and Bobby Flay. And they're specifically designed to be eaten anywhere at any time. And you should see what's inside these things. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Let's have a look. Can we close in on this a little bit? Inside here is everything that you would ever need. There's some crackers. Everybody needs crackers, right? There's some orange drink. There's some chocolate peanut butter, as you do. Um, there's also, what else is there? There's a ranger bar. There's cranberry slice. And this one is really cool because this is beef pot roast with vegetables and gravy. Nice, right? And the technology that has gone into this little pack is really amazing. Because while they can be eaten cold, we all know the value of a good meal, a good hot meal, right? What it can do to our, our soul if we have a hot meal. So what the US government has done is they've put lots of technology into creating this package that can be heated and cooked anywhere, anytime. Let me show you what happens. Inside them is, is one of these things. It's called a flameless ration heater. Does anybody know what hot hands are? They're those little things you get from Costco that you shake it up and you put it inside your gloves during winter and it keeps your hand warm. What this is, is hot hands on steroids. This will burn five times hotter than hot hands. And so what a soldier will do is they will crack this thing open. As soon as they crack it open, it starts to heat up. And then they take out their beef pot roast with vegetables and gravy in this convenient box. And they put the hot hands on steroids inside here, and then they prop that up against like a rock or a wall or something along those lines, and in eight minutes, you get beef pot roast with vegetables and gravy, just like mum used to make. I mean, it is awesome stuff. Did you guys know that liquid has its own version of an MRE? It's called an NSK, or Next Step Kit. They're about the same size, as the army-issued pack, but these are designed to feed you spiritually. While this here has been put together by world-famous chefs like Emerald Lagasse and Bobby Flay, this has been prepared by God and distributed by the Liquid Church Online volunteer team. And inside is everything that you would need to be spiritually fed for a day. If we open this up, what you have in here is a Bible. You have a handwritten note by one of our Church Online volunteers. You've got a little book that will help you take the first steps in your spiritual journey. There's a message series on CD, and there's a little way to contact an actual person to arrange live prayer or to arrange some video Skype counseling. See, the idea of this is to get people connected with people. And over the past three years, Liquid has shown how passionate we are about encouraging people and discipling people who are outside of our walls, that we have literally sent hundreds of these next step kits around the US and around the world. We've mailed these things from Melbourne to Mexico, <laughs> from Beijing to Burma, from Asia to Afghanistan. And yes, we do send them to soldiers on active duty and in the Middle East and in other parts of the world. In fact, right here, I have one that is about to be mailed out this coming week to a guy named Luigi, who is stationed at Bagram Airfield in Afghanistan. So what that means is when this guy Luigi is sitting in his tent 
and he's opening up one of these MREs and he's about to tuck into an awesome meal of beef pot roast with vegetables and gravy, he can also open up his next step kit and he can feed himself spiritually with God's word or with the message that we've preached here at Liquid. See, the US government feeds the body and liquid feeds the soul. Amen? Amen. Now, can I just pause for a second here and let you guys know, this only happens, we only send these out because of your generosity. Because you guys are so faithful in giving in tithes and offerings, is, that's the only reason that we're able to send so many of these things out. So can I just say to you guys, thank you. On behalf of everybody who gets one of these at Church Online, just thank you for your generosity. Can we give, give yourselves a round of applause? That's great stuff. Great stuff. Now, we send these things out because we want to help people take the first steps in their spiritual journey. We want to connect them with people. We want to offer them words of encouragement. We want to pray with them and for them. The reason we do that is because all the bells and whistles, all the technology, all that cool stuff, it's great. But the bottom line is, all this high-tech stuff does not mean a thing if it's not backed up by high-touch as well. We love reaching out to people. We love using TGIF. We love using being high-tech. But the high-tech stuff over here does not mean a thing if it's not backed up and supported by high-touch as well. You know, if we're not reaching out to people and sending things like these next steps kits to help them move forward in their faith, if we're not connecting with them in relationship, then we're really missing the point of the technological thing anyway. This is what Paul was getting at when we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a, only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. So what's Paul saying here? When the smoke clears and the dust settles and we stand before Jesus and we give an account for how we led this church, what does it all come down to? Love. We can leverage all the technology in the world. We can leverage Twitter and Google and iPhones and Facebook, and we can use church online to take the gospel to everywhere around the world. But if we have not love, what do we gain? Nothing, right? Why? Because while our methods are always changing, we're always in innovating. Our message remains the same, love. That's because our vision for leveraging technology focuses around a God who so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. If the message is not grounded in love, then it all means nothing. We can be high-tech all we want, but if it's not grounded in high-touch as well, then we're just spinning our wheels in cyberspace. But this is why, as one of the pastors at Liquid, I'm so excited at the moment, because we as a church are all about loving on people, and we're going to be leveraging that in the next week at all of our campuses. We're going to get the opportunity to be both high-tech 
and high touch as we reach out to serve our local communities here in New Jersey, but also as we continue to serve people around the world through church online. Next week, we're going to be reaching out to serve those people in need in Morristown and in Nutley and in New Brunswick to serve them as part of our We Love outreaches. I just want to encourage you guys right now, if you haven't signed up to serve at the We Love Outreach yet, go to liquidchurch.com tonight and sign up as soon as possible. But if you can't be there next week for whatever reason, then maybe you'd like to help us be high touch to people like Joe and people like Luigi and people right around the world watching right now at Church Online. Church Online needs your help. We need volunteers to connect with people during our online services to be greeters. We need people who can send out these next step kits to people right around the whole world. We need people who are willing to volunteer to be in online life groups with people like Joe. We can be high touch as a church. Really, that's the easy part. It really is. But we need your help so that we can be high touch as well. If you'd like to volunteer, to be part of our church online team. I know there are hundreds of people watching right now who would be so thankful for that. If you want to do that, you can email me at aussiedave at liquidchurch.com or you can go to liquidchurch.com, click on the serve button and scroll down to where it says church online. In fact, if you want to do that before you go home, we've got laptops out in the foyer and you can do that tonight and we can connect you with people right around the whole world tonight. Or even better, why don't you pull out your smartphone right now and go to liquidchurch.com and sign up right now. That's okay. <laughs> In closing, as the church online pastor, I know that there are people in need who are watching online right now or listening via podcast who need your prayers. Would you join me in praying for those people? Would you join me in praying for all the people who are going to be receiving one of these next step kits in the next 12 months. Will you pray with me for those people? And then also, I want to ask you to pray for me, with me, for all the soldiers who are going to be opening these MREs in the next couple of months, somewhere overseas, far away from their family, far away from their church. Would you Thanks join for me listening to Liquid Church Media. If well. you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. But God, we recognize there are so many people who don't have that luxury. God, for whatever reason, they can't be here with us in person. But Father, we know that they're part of our wider community. They're part of your family, God. We want to pray for them, for all those people that will open up a next step kit in the next couple of weeks. Father, we, we pray for them. We pray that as they open it, they would realize that they are part of a community that is much larger than they could understand, that they are surrounded by people who love and care for them. And Father, that they are loved by the God of this universe. And Father, I especially want to pray for people like Joe Sawyer, people like Luigi, God, people who are sacrificing so much to protect our freedom. God, I pray that you would put your hand of protection over them. God, that you would help them to see that they are loved and encouraged and supported from afar. But most of all, God, I pray that you would remind them that they are your sons and daughters and you are so pleased with them, that you care for them beyond anything that they can, that they can possibly imagine. 
that the God of this universe looks down upon them and smiles when he sees their, their boy, his boy, when he sees his girl. Father, we pray protection over them. I ask that you would bring them home safely to us. God, I ask that you would continue to extend your kingdom beyond these walls. God, beyond liquid, that your church with a capital C would grow so that you might be known around the world, Father. God, we do all this not so that we receive any glory, but God, so that you receive glory and that the gospel is preached by all means possible. And it's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that sweet and holy, precious, powerful, mighty name that we all pray. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Amen.